And welcome to Play on K, your podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're talking about the K drama W. We're kind of setting this up with the expectation that you have seen the at least the first four episodes. This first episode of our podcast, we're covering the first four episodes of the series W. Uh, we decided not to take it episode by episode because that could get pretty long-winded. Mm-hmm, but we didn't want to do a whole series at once because we want to be able to stay on top of it. Where W, we have both seen the entirety of the series. Yeah, so as we go through it, we're kind of hoping to just stay on the track of episode by episode. We might start to reference stuff, but we'll try and keep it spoiler-free. Right. In case you wanted to watch it along with our episodes. So this this week is a review of the first four, starting with number one. Uh, we we kind of jump into some character introductions, uh, starting with the longest scene in history. Oh my god, <laughs> Kangchul at the Olympics. Uh, he is. This was an interesting backstory they decided to give him, and we have some theories on that that we can kind of come to as we get to them. But he has this this background of being an Olympic shooter, just like a gun, like a target shooter. Yeah. And he has this opening scene where he's shooting this target, and I cannot believe, I I know it was to build suspense. It is so long. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, also to be fair, the first time I watched it, I thought it was long, but Raquel and I have watched it about three times now. Yeah, we want. So it feels like forever. Yeah, we wanted to start, like, we wanted to get our details in order, but by the time you watch it for the third time, it is agonizing. <laughs> so that's your introduction to King Chul. It moves through his, his family getting murdered and him going to jail and his trial, and then it kind of jumps to our leading lady, Oh Yeonju, who is delightful yeah oh my gosh right off the bat i love her her clothes are so cute i think i love her clothes because of kind of how how they present her as a person as well because she's mm-hmm. a doctor she wake like the first time you see her she's in the hospital trying to get her life together they tell her she's not a very good doctor so but it's still so cool to see a leading lady be a, in such a highly respected position. Yeah, because she's a heart surgeon, right? Yeah. So she is obviously quite prestigious, mm-hmm. at least in, in her own way, which is really, really cool. And then her, like, the first thing we noticed was just how she dresses, because it's so... I've never seen something that is so flawlessly business casual. <laughs> yeah. Which is... Obviously, we're pretty biased. That's how Raquel and I prefer to dress. Every day of my life. Those, if I could wear that stripy t-shirt. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, with something nice, like a doctor's white coat. Yeah, <laughs> it looks super cool under the white coat. And then later she leaves the hospital and puts on this nice blue blazer. She's just a put-together woman. Flawless transition. Later you find out that she's a little bit of a mess. But like in an endearing, not like a a doctor who murders people kind of way. Bottom of her class being she's still a heart surgeon. 
and right. she can do it. And it's amazing. Yeah. And very quickly, you meet her professor, Professor Park. The best character. The best. Mad Dog. Mad Dog is <laughs> so funny. He so easily could have been just another bully character to the female lead, but they decided to go the comical route. And he injects the perfect sense of humor into every episode, like every scene he's in. I'm thrilled to see him. He's so funny. He's hilarious. And yeah, you you quickly find out that he follows this comic book that Oh Yeon Jun's Ju's father wrote, and you find out that that comic book is about King Chol. And that's where he's from, his world. Yeah, he isn't even a person. He's a, he's a comic book character. Which is the entire debate of the show is Oh Yeon Ju arguing with everybody that King Chol is real and he's alive and trying to get people to believe it. Which she isn't insane. Like she's not completely insane. She she gets pulled into the comic book and finds out that he is real and his world is just as real as hers. It's just there's some weird separation between the worlds, but he has control, a weird control over his world for it just being a comic book. Which Raquel and I were talking about how he is the center of the comic book, but also he is clearly the center of his own world, even if he wasn't a comic book character. It's infuriating. <laughs> the worst. It is. He lives by the philosophy that it is his world. People are just living in it, mm -hmm. and it is a lot to handle. He is so much. And that gets better with time, I think. Yeah, for sure. Because I remember as I watched the series, and I was more and more furious with him. There's there's like a breaking point, spoiler alert, I guess. But Where you like him. But this first episode... I think that's not a spoiler to say you, you will eventually like the male lead. Oh, thank God, yeah. That's why people watch the show. Yeah, that is true. That said, this first episode is probably going to be me trashing him a little bit, because pretty much... The first four episodes, he's awful. Yeah, there are so many moments... That I just... That we would get to. Yeah, can't handle him. Can't handle him. <laughs> but um, quickly, she meets... She goes to her father's house and meets up with his workers. What's his name? Subong. Subong is the best Subang. friend we all need. <laughs> he is such an understated hero. He seems to be the only one that Yeonju talks to about going in and out of the comic. And he doesn't believe her instantly. Right, yeah. But he's so there for her, and he gets so excited about everything, and so he's such a good comedy character. Right, and he's like on this roller coaster with her. Somehow he just gets, he's never dragged into the comic book, but he does get dragged into pretty much everything that comes with it, and he's still amazing. Yeah. Just sticks with it. Um, he's so funny. Um, Another one of our favorite characters. Yeah. I, <laughs> I do want to like point out early on that the supporting cast of this K-drama kind of made it for me, mm. and kind of as they come up, I am always happy to talk about them because they are the best, like Mad Dog and Subong and, mm -hmm. and, and the bodyguard. Be, oh, yes, the bodyguard. <laughs> the best of characters. The girl at the bus stop. <gasps> the girl at the bus stop? <laughs> will come to her. She's the best character in any K-drama I've ever seen. She's the best person. In the world. She is everyone's just an everyday hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so yeah, we'll talk about Bus Stop Girl later. <laughs> Just know how much we love her. But yeah, as as you kind of go through, she she ends up at her dad's house because her dad has been missing, and she has to go and figure out where he is. And so she shows up, and as she's looking through his office suddenly there's just this horror moment where she gets pulled into it's the first time she gets pulled into the comic first she finds that creepy picture on her dad's desk oh yeah with the quote written on the back it says i'd rather eat than be eaten and that's so ominous yeah it's like it's properly creepy i really enjoy i guess the how foreboding it is yeah and we mentioned just how eerie the picture is and how much it foreshadows but it's oh it's good and it kind of defines her father's character later a lot yeah you it kind of helps you come to understand a lot of his motivations cuz he along with king chol is a fairly uh self-centered monster yeah pretty detestable yeah he's He's not winning any Father of the Year awards anytime soon. He's a good drive for Yeonju, so that's his role. And uh, yeah, you you see this picture and you're pretty unnerved as is. And I think it's just about at that moment that she like panics because there's a bloody hand at her back that pulls her into a, a different place. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like her first thought wasn't, "I'm in a comic book," but she does react fairly respectably where she doesn't just panic and run around or lose her mind she fairly quickly comes to terms with someone is dying and they need my help and she steps up yeah because king chol has been stabbed and she is a doctor like she and she's the only one there there's only one person that can help him in this moment and she doesn't know it's king chol yeah it's just some dying guy on a roof yeah it's not her obsession with him in a comic book or yeah, like you said, he she doesn't assume she's in a comic book at all. Right. She just sees someone that needs help and steps up, which I, is also comical because she immediately, after saving him, <laughs> talks about how bad a doctor she is. And the, I love that moment, too, because it's like kind of a weird, it's such an uncharacteristic self-confidence that she has all of a sudden because... I I think through a lot of the series she kind of struggles with, especially her doctor self-confidence. Yeah, like her confidence in her career, because Mad Dog doesn't help. Most people are just like, you're a, you're like a average to subpar doctor. Mm-hmm. And that was her moment of like, oh, maybe I'm better on the scene. Yeah, and like you get to see her uh, as in her element a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's really exciting for her, but it's also really refreshing. As a viewer, it's really nice to see her kind of step up and take control of a situation. Yeah, and as a female, to see a female lead that's not just like the quiet, demure, cute one. Yeah. She's like, I'm a freaking doctor, and now I'm a good one. (laughs) Check me out. Check me out. Look at world. She's so cute. I kind of see her remain confident in the face of a lot of stuff because as the as the series goes on i mean i guess it isn't just her career that gets picked on it's a lot of her as a whole just constantly and which to be fair she's going in and out of a comic book world and she sounds pretty crazy yeah, she sounds insane so it, it makes sense so we're gonna skip um around a lot 
because we don't have time to cover every scene. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was her coming home and telling her dad that she went into the comic book because he suddenly appears at home, which is surprising because when she's gone, she can be gone for almost any amount of time in the comic book world, and she's only gone for about five minutes, maybe 30, 30. yeah, in the real world, but her dad was gone for an entire night. Right? Like, who knows where he went exactly? Yeah. You assume he was in the comic book just because of that seems to be what this thing is leading to, what the show is telling you, but... He's gone for so long. Yeah, and then he just shows up again, and I think it's at the beginning of the second episode that he mm. he shows up again, and she has to go and kind of confront what happened to her, and she kind of needs someone to support her, but at this point, the lie fest with her father just begins. Oh, he is so much to deal with yeah as a father like you know he wants to protect all the people around him but he instead of communicating that there might be danger he just decides to take control i guess Mm -hmm. the only rationalization i can think is that he genuinely thinks it's better if she doesn't talk about it and so he just tries to scream it out of her and tell her she's crazy and fire all of his employees on the spot. Yeah, because he's ready to end this comic book and he's going to attempt to kill King Chol again, so... Ugh. Her dad is so much to deal with. He's obviously not my favorite. As far as, like, a character goes, I guess he's a well-built character. Uh, yeah. But he's not necessarily a character I had an easy time getting behind. Because sometimes you, there's, like, a villain you just love, you know, or, like, a kind of someone who's maybe not a villain, but an antagonist that you're kind of into. I almost feel that way about the true antagonist of the show, Han Chol Oh, who is King Chol's nemesis. He's the prosecutor that tried to convict King Chol for his family's murder, and that alone is a lot. And But he is quite evil and it is but he's so likable as an evil character yeah like he's a great villain he's so good yeah they he wasn't included much in these first four episodes but he gets a more of a role as it goes on so we can come back to him yeah i i guess the next thing is when she gets pulled in again i know that this is it's so me to cling to this moment when she gets pulled in and she leaves that cake she just bought for oh, her, yeah. For her co-workers, they were like, they sent her out on the, on the on mission. On a cake run. Yeah, on a cake run. And if that isn't the best thing I've ever heard of, I don't know what is. But yeah, she heads out on this cake run, but she gets drawn back into the comic book. Oh, that's a good pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Don't even have to try for those puns anymore. (laughs) Just flow out of me like dad jokes. (laughs) So yeah, she goes back into the comic book. Sorry. And she leaves that cake on the wet pavement. (laughs) That's all it was. (laughs) That's all I really wanted to talk about. About that. I just, it hurts me every time. And she goes back in to save King Chol for the second time from the nurse, right? Yeah, because her father has decided the most convenient way to attempt another murder is by injecting him with something having having a nurse potassium potassium like a potassium overdose yeah in the hospital so to look like a heart attack that doesn't matter 
Anyways, <laughs> um, the thing is that her dad keeps trying to kill him, but Yeonju keeps finding out, usually from Subong. But she finds out whenever her dad tries to kill Kang Chol and magically gets dragged back in. And so it, it happens all over again, and she uses her doctor skills to save him. I love that doctor skill <laughs> to pull out the IV. <laughs> to pull out that IV, and then immediately it's like, did did she inject you with anything? And then like, not really check, just. It's probably fine. You're probably fine. Just trace amounts is okay. Uh-huh. But don't check if it's just trace amounts. Kang Chol did not seem phased by her ripping the IV out of <gasps> right? his like, arm. Super painful. So disgusting. Uh, he's not phased at all. Doesn't even flinch. So, But he's Kang Chol, so he's like above flinching. Yeah, he's above that. <laughs> so we watch her converse with him for a little bit, and we meet... More formally, his mates. Yeah, and I love how they're introduced, because they're introduced like the beginning of a comic book. Yeah! It shows their comic selves, and it kind of lays out how they are, how they fit into the world Mm -hmm. for King Chol. And I also love them. Yeah. Oh, we love both of them. Yun So Hui is... Another one of the best friends that we all need. Right? It's like, I'm listening to your problems, but I'm also solving them for you. Because you don't seem inclined to do it in any uh, sensible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll take the lead. And then So Do Yoon is the bodyguard. And I... There's not enough words in the world to describe how Raquel feels. I just... Is there anyone better? No. <laughs> <laughs> Except Bus Stop Girl. But no. Except about Stump Girl. So I always say, like, the reason I got Raquel to watch this was because the actor who plays Kung Chul is one of the most Beautiful. objectively attractive yes. people like, just on this earth. Like, just a really good-looking person. So good-looking. But she pointed out when we saw the bodyguard that it's that difference of... King Chul's more boyishly attractive. Yeah, he's just he's just got kind of that angel face look about him yeah he's perfect but but the boyish the real mvp do yoon is manly he is he's a real man and he is also a rational person so the right. i mean definitely the personality plays into it for sure but also mm. i just love like how he looks yeah i objectifying him over here because <laughs> he's <laughs> super attractive I mean, all three of them are. Yeah. They're, Even Yunju, but I feel like hers is played up as she is a doctor and she's busy and she doesn't wear much makeup and she's more of a, like a natural beauty. Right. Something that I kind of appreciate about how beautiful all of the comic book characters are is they look like people that have been made up and drawn, like just yeah. kind of that beautiful. It's almost, it gives natural. Yeah, and it gives it that feel that they have been created by a they're an ideal person person created by someone else and then put into a comic book yeah that's a way good way to put it especially because like yunju and the people she works with and the people that her father works with are all attractive but normal attractive yeah like they're just good looking people Mm -hmm. just your everyday 
per like you'd see that person on the street and you'd be like, oh, that's a good-looking person. You'd see someone like King Chol on the street and you'd be like, oh my god, why am I on the same street as him? <laughs> I should probably go. Yeah, I don't belong on this public street anymore. <laughs> if he is part he of it, he has elevated it above me. So yeah, so that's yeah, that's a good point that they're all three of them are very much like that. Yeah, I guess if you asked King Chol if. Oh Yeonjun was a beautiful person. He would be a complete slime about it, though, because that's the very next thing that happens, and mm. I refuse to not bring up how he talks about her. And she says it. Yeah. She's like, you said behind she calls my him back out. that I was not beautiful. That's why it's so slimy. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as she's out of the room, he's always immediately the, she's not that pretty. She's not that pretty, and she's a little bit crazy, and I don't like her. Yeah, it's very catty. But to her, I think it's one thing to be catty about someone, but then to turn around and to her face and be like, you might be the one for me. You're the key to my life, and yeah, you're I- you're so beautiful. Maybe I- it was just dark that night, and I- uh, I just didn't know. I couldn't tell, but- Maybe I was wrong about you being, like, not a beauty. Yeah, he's such a gross, slimy. Ugh. Makes me so mad every time. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. But yeah. he gets away with it, because... Yeah, because she's still fine with it. That infuriates me. How mm -hmm. All of their interactions, because I think, I always think of her as a strong yeah. character, up until the point where she's interacting with him. And then she kind of becomes spineless. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd just really like to see her tell him he's being a tool. Which is so crazy, because a lot of the premise is that she continually saves him. Right. From near death. And yet, immediately when he wakes up and is fine, he's like, Oh, I love you so much. You're a garbage person. <laughs> Oh, you're so cute. And it's like and she's like melting in his hand. Like, I, why is my heart beating so fast? God, just tell him he's being the worst. Yeah, tell him you know what he says behind your back and take those words. Don't let him get away with true. it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's annoying for me as well that the first thing he continually observes about her is her looks mm. instead of the fact that she's a doctor. Yeah. She's saving his life multiple times. Yeah. She seems to know weird things about him. None of those are his first thought. Nope. They come up. Yeah, for sure. Like, he doesn't completely ignore that that's a thing. But whenever you read his thoughts, so to speak, he's always thinking, uh, she's just okay looking. And, and pretty crazy. Yeah, that's why he's probably not our favorite character for the first four episodes. Yeah. He's just okay. He's there, and we know he's the male lead, mm -hmm. and so we have to deal with him. Yep. Um, I think the next scene after the hospital might be Bus Stop Girl? Um, no, it's the two-month time lapse oh. when Yeonju thinks she's going home, and then she, like, she goes to sit on the bus stop, and she's like, okay, any minute, and then two freaking months pass in the comic, mm -hmm. and it's the coolest thing, because it's so comic-y. Yeah, it's very, follows the, the webcomic portion of it. Yeah. That's... The writing of this show is so flawless in the interaction between the real world and the comic book world, and the the transitions between the two, and what happens between the two, and how they affect each other is always so on point. I'm always a little bit taken aback when I think about some of the things that it 
incorporate so well about comic books, mm-hmm. like the time lapse and how later the to be continued and how that has to happen for her to exit the comic book. Yeah. But she also has to shock him. Yeah. Because shock the main character. Because there has to be an ending to that episode of the comic book so that she can leave because he's the main character. And right. I think that's such a cool aspect that they throw into it. But yeah, these two months pass and then he shows up. Oh my god, this is our favorite part of any episode. Ooh. The Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> so he shows up wearing a jean shirt and jean pants. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> but it's a Canadian tuxedo. And it wears it forever. <laughs> yeah, for so long. Because every other episode, he changes probably at least once per episode. Mm-hmm. But that is his outfit for the freaking episode and then into the next episode. It's so good. And it, we both noticed it. I think that was mm-hmm. maybe my favorite part is at the same time we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, is he wearing a jean shirt? with jeans (laughs) and i will admit that i am not a particularly fashion conscious person i'm pretty terrible with how fashion works so really maybe it's not the faux pas i kind of think it is and like i said he looks so good in it he does and he wears it clearly like a two thousand dollar shirt and pair of pants right it was not your everyday joe yeah he wasn't wearing like a thrift store threadbare. Some Levi's. Yeah. He was going all out. But it was still, <laughs> it's just not a fashion choice that many people make. <laughs> yeah. It's bold. It's for bold. sure. <laughs> and he picks her up and they go shopping and wear <laughs> Raquel's favorite dress in the entire world. Yeah, what is my deal with that dress? Because I just love it. And I look at it and I. I kind of think, do you want that dress? And I don't. <laughs> I don't think I'd wear it, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it's 3000 freaking US dollars. Yeah, it's too much. And but maybe, it's beautiful. Maybe it's like a you want what you can't have, but it, it mm. looks so beautiful on her. Yeah. That's the thing. She also wears the same outfit for however long Kang Chol wears his stupid tuxedo. Yeah. But she looks so good in that dress that you're kind of like, it's fine. Keep wearing it. She and looks great. The shoes that she has. <gasps> yes. Oh, the shoes are the so shoes. cute. <laughs> oh my god, I love them. Oh man, on point. Some chunky heels. Yeah. Kill for them. Yeah, and they're just so sensible but so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that, at some point, when she goes into the comic book, then you meet Bus Stop Girl. Yes, because she comes out at that same bus stop. Yeah, and oh, wait, we have to go back just a little bit. Oh no, I skipped. Um, No, because we have to go back. We just have to talk about how she decides to shock him the first time so that she can leave the comic book, because it's cringy. It's perfect, because it's kind of her figuring out the rules, Mm -hmm. but it's cringy, and there's so many people around. So you mean... The second time she leaves um, in the yeah. store. And, and she's in the store and she walks out and she's like, I've got to shock him. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, he was shocked the last time. It, it felt like the ending of an episode. So what I'll do is I'll cliffhanger this. But her decision to do so involves slapping him across the face. Which I would have done. Yeah. That's my preferred method. B- between the two that she uses, because when that doesn't work... 
she kisses him. Which we were talking about how that the the clip of the next episode that shows while you're watching the episode is almost always just a picture of them kissing. Yep. Just They're in every just episode. They're just always kissing, I guess. They just keep doing it, keep trying for it. This one is the worst kiss because he's got his eyes open, but he also looks at the ceiling like he's rolling his eyes. Right, like he's completely unfazed. And I think, I mean, we're in this quite a bit. We wouldn't be in this if it, if at least a huge portion of it wasn't for the romance. Right. And so when you see some character that is just completely unfazed by the lead female. Yeah, and he's already been like, she's a hideous monster <laughs> and she's a psychopath mm-hmm. and I don't understand her at all. So you're already like, mm, I hate you. But then... She kisses him. And you kind of hope that there's a moment of, like, him being a little... And obviously that's how she gets out. Right. He's it's shocked, shocked. But he's not excited at all. Yeah. It's he, it's he, an unpleasant shock. Yeah. <laughs> he is an unpleasant man. <laughs> and it's so hard to watch. They... It's painful. Yeah. Just cringe through it. I guess she goes back and gets the cake after that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I meant. I thought she went to the bus stop after that one, but it's back to the cake. Yeah. Yep, she goes back and gets that cake, and it's the best <laughs> thing. Best full circle. I just felt so fulfilled when she didn't leave that cake behind on the pavement, mm-hmm. on the wet pavement, mm-hmm. which maybe she should have. It had been on the wet pavement for who knows how long, like half an hour probably. But she, she takes it. Yeah, it would have been wasteful not to, so... Which is funny because she, she, whenever she leaves the comic book, it, the comic updates and it shows her progress in the comic, I guess. Yeah. And nobody ever puts two and two together that she's wearing the same clothes? No, except Subong. Except Subong. He finally believes her when she points it out. Yeah, but, but he doesn't had to notice. Yeah, she, she had to say, hey... Do you think I could afford this $3,000 dress? Which is funny because I don't know if she's still an intern. She seems like a doctor. Right. But a lot of doctors in the United States make plenty of money. Right. Maybe it's... So she's like, I'm poor. A perspective of us as Americans. Yeah. We're over here just... So, yeah, you're a doctor. Of course you can afford a 3000 You're a heart surgeon. Of course you can get a $3,000 dress. And then Why wouldn't you be able to? Probably in Korea, I guess, if this is any indication of how it's set up, then, yeah, she couldn't afford a $3,000 dress. Mm-hmm. Let but us know if that's what you think or if she's just an intern and that's why she can't afford a $3,000 dress. Yeah, because we're very confused. But that's how she convinces Subang that... She's gone into the comic, and he's so excited. It's hilarious <laughs> because he immediately asks her about kissing Kang Chol, and you're like, Subhan, you're the best friend that we all need. <laughs> you're asking the right questions. Yeah. <laughs> you're right there for Oh, he's great. Yeah, and then their conversation, I just really love that moment where he says, so, is he really cool? Mm-hmm. And she's just, oh, he's cool. He's cool. <laughs> they're both so cute together. Oh, they're the best. And then it, yeah, that's kind of how the the third episode opens up. Is mm-hmm. she kind of shows up and she's, hey Subang, believe me now. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. 
That's true. And then he does believe her. And then they go, they delve into her father's immaculate bookkeeping. That's something I can get on board with his character. Mm-hmm. Somehow he has kept his, I guess if you're a professional, probably you do that. I wish anything in my life was as well organized as all of his past comic book records he's got scrapbooks with all of his reference art and they're like all the same scrapbook Mm -hmm. perfectly labeled Mm -hmm. on a shelf it's incredible yeah for such a disorganized alcoholic yeah this perfect yearly system of filing all of his comic book work yeah i I latched onto that moment because i was just a little shocked i i wanted to have that level of organization. I've never been able to attain it. Mm-mm. So I'll place that uh, near the level of Bus Stop Girl, but really, at the end of the day, nothing is truly... Nothing is as inspirational on what we want to be as Bus, as Stop. Bus Stop Girl. Then, oh, we, oh, the, then we see the flashbacks of Sung Moo getting... Realizing that Kang Chul is alive. Yeah, because he tries to kill him the first time, and he actually intended to allow Kang Chul to commit suicide like early on years in the series. Ago. And Kang Chul prevents it. Like we said, Sung Mu is a raging alcoholic, so he doesn't <laughs> quite believe it. But multiple times it happens that Kang Chul changes the comic. Yeah, and at every. those first few times, I guess, the father is kind of just spooked yeah it's spooky but he thinks that maybe he changed it when he was in a drunken haze or something he doesn't quite believe it yeah it's just a little spooky and it might be even more for us as the audience to be creeped out because obviously sangmu has not been a good father right but you kind of see where the fear is coming from yeah because you you kind of start to have more of an ability to sympathize because mm-hmm. he's under a lot of pressure and he for a long time was the only one experiencing this. any of this spooky stuff yeah so it makes it more understandable that he is such a weenie baby <laughs> <laughs> i just hate him so much <laughs> he is. oh man and then it is in this episode that we can finally wax poetic about the best person in the world bus stop girl yeah because this is where she comes in yeah so it's yonju is at a bus stop and she's sucked back into the comic and leaves her cell phone and her purse behind and immediately because she was on the phone with subong and Mm -hmm. immediately this beautiful angel walks past and notices this phone just fall. So first of all, that's kind of weird. But mm-hmm. she decides to stop anyway. Mm-hmm. And pick up the phone and be like, Hello? Whose phone is this? It just fell. And it's just sitting here with a purse that's both seem free. Yeah, they're just here. Well, in the middle get of it. the big city. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then she waits. For however long it takes Subon to get there. Yeah. It could be 30 minutes. Oh we don't my know. Gosh. And he flies across town to get Yeonju's purse, and this beautiful angel sits and waits and protects it. Here, in our world, that doesn't happen. That does not happen. If you leave your purse at a bus stop, your purse is gone. So fast. You could turn around, and it would 
be gone if you turn your back on it. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to hold on to that stuff. Yeah. Kind of chain it to you. That's why we're so obsessed with this bus stop girl. Because she, she didn't just find, like, a person to give it to either. Like, hey, excuse mm-hmm. me, officer, I found this purse. No, she waits until it gets into the proper hands. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> she's so good. She's the good this world needs. Yep. Not the one we deserve. <laughs> but the one we need. But the one we need. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> That's bus stop, girl. We've only been waiting this whole episode to talk about to talk her. about her mm-hmm. because she deserves it. I hope that actress got a really big part after that. Yeah, on some other show. Yeah, she she just played bus stop girl so well. Yeah, she's good. Um, and then we're back to Canadian Tuxedo World. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Um, Yunju appears back where she departed. Yeah, and they just pick her up at- <laughs> violently. Angel lifts her like a rag doll. I kind of, it's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You just, he's gonna hurt her. (laughs) That's her neck. (laughs) Oh my god, he's so bad at lifting women romantically. It made me so nervous. Uh So he takes her back to his penthouse like the creepiest person alive would do. Yeah, instead of taking her to a hospital because she is passed out. Which you you know that that's not what she wanted, and that's not what should have happened, but he's still skeezy, so. Yeah. It's just really uncomfortable to th- I I guess I just wouldn't necessarily want to wake up in someone's apartment mm-hmm. if I fainted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it but does lead to a really good storytelling moment where Yeonju is having like a fever dream, and she starts talking about all these things she knows yeah. about Kang Chol. Which makes him even more suspicious, and yeah, and it kind the of story along. Yeah, it gives him insight into How why much she knows. Yeah, because she keeps on showing up when he's about to be murdered. Mm-hmm. So. How is that possible? And then he kind of finds out she knows a lot of stuff that it's not necessarily possible. Yeah, that she knows. So that is definitely useful. Yeah, those delirious fever dreams. They work out. They're pretty. I don't know. They're, they're story They're kind of cheap, but... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> That's what I wanted I, to I say. I can't think of a better cheap. way for him to... I mean, I guess I don't right. have anything to offer up. Like, really, they should have done it this way. Exactly. It's just the easiest way. Yeah, that... But that that's sweet fine. talking. Mm-hmm. It'll get you. It'll get you places in a story. Which is funny, cause then it immediately cuts to him sitting over her with a gun in his head, with a glass of wine and a gun. Oh, why does he Just have all the guns in the world? <laughs> yes, cause he's a sh- he's a shooter, right? He's a shooter, so he owns every gun in Korea now. <laughs> Somehow. He just sleeps with them under his pillow. Mm-hmm. He's got one in his nightstand. He just keeps them all over the place. But it's just a weird opening to see him sitting there, passed out, with a half-drank glass of wine. While this unconscious gun. woman is in his bed. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> I don't care oh. for it. Not one bit. It does not endear him anymore to me. No. But then you see the assassin. Yeah, he comes in. And he fights with King Chul. And that's the first time King Chul is romantic, even in the tiniest bit. Right, because he's trying to get the assassin out of the room. Away from Yunju. Yeah. Like, that seems to be his priority right off the bat. 
Yeah. And, and that's it, kind of cute. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's definitely sweet to... He stepped up his game to not half a notch. Allow someone to be murdered. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters, because he shoots her the next day. And it's probably for his own sake. Yeah. Where he just wants to be saved again. Yeah. She so. does keep saving his life, so mm-hmm. he may as well keep her alive. But then the assassin disappears, and King Chill is just blown away. What a mystery. What is going on? No logical connection. Mm-hmm. No logical connection. <laughs> As they always say. And then, is is the next scene the one in the bathroom? Yeah. The worst scene in the whole series. Yeah. Homegirl wakes up and the, has a nice conversation with the bodyguard. Yep, because he's lovely. a human mm-hmm. who talks to her like another human. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny you see her in the bathroom holding a gun in one hand and a bra in the other. Trying to decide how she's going to shock Mm -hmm. Kingchul. Yeah. So she can get out of there before she has to explain why she's there in the first place. So you assume it's like the last time where when she slapped him, it didn't work. And when she kissed him, it did work. So she starts with flashing him with lingerie. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Once again... Bodyguard reacts like a human and runs out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> He's just not having that situation. Feels a little inappropriate to him. Uh-huh. And King Chul, not a human, <laughs> reacts like a monster. Just and is like, oh, what is your hideous body doing in front of me? I Is this you. supposed to do something for me? Is this supposed to make my heart flutter? Because it's not. Oh, FYI. Oh, he's such a tool in I, this scene. Yeah, the whole scene. He is consistently just a monster robot mm. where he has no real reaction to anything. And she continually tells him, it's for your own good that I'm not telling you who I am or what I'm doing here. Can you just trust that I saved your life? He's like, no. Bang. Yeah. Shoots her. Actually shoots her. And then the next freaking scene is them having a conversation about him shooting her. And at one point, it's even the bodyguard, like, goes and and recruits, so So Do Yoon goes and rec- recruits Yoon So Hui, and he's like, okay, homeboy's lost his mind. Mm-hmm. And they hear a gunshot, and they realize, oh, for sure he's lost his mind. And so they have to go and take her away from him. She's not dead. She's not even bleeding. Yeah, they rush into the bathroom, and the bodyguard just picks her up, and runs out of the room, like, get her away from this maniac control. Yeah, which is the proper response. Because mm-hmm. he is a maniac. He is, and I cannot stand the fact, because later, he just kind of says, sorry for shocking you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not he doesn't sorry even for shooting say, you. sorry for shooting you. Just, sorry for shocking you. And then acts like he knew the whole time mm-hmm. that it wouldn't. How did you not know that I couldn't shoot you? Because I knew. I knew. Oh, for sure. I was very aware of everything I was doing. I know everything. I was like 90% sure. And that last 10%, you could have been shot. But so, let's ignore that. Yeah. Cause, and she does. Because I, uh, I can just shoot people on a hunch. Mm-hmm. It's fine. That's why they don't allow guns in Korea. Because they got King Chul running around. <laughs> yeah, just shooting people on hunches. That maybe they won't die if he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, So that's when we really hated him. Yeah. Because he's an absolute monster, barely apologizes, and then she's like, "All right, I love you again. <laughs> Don't worry." Then it, 
I mean, it leads to one of my favorite scenes, which is the scene in front of the elevator. Yeah. Where she says, like, I'm your biggest fan. I want you to have a happy ending. I'm doing this so you can be happier in the end. And I love that because it, she's so sincere. It's so sweet. Sweet, yeah. And she, it's very comic booky. You know how I love those comic book themes. Yeah, those comic book moments. Yep. And so it, it sticks so well to that and it's so sweet and genuine and, and he, for the most part, didn't derail it by yeah. being a tool. Yeah, kind of near the end, he loses it a little bit. Yeah. But in those moments, he's capable of acting like a person toward her instead mm-hmm. of being sincerely kind to each other. Yeah, and it's the first interaction between them that I I like. Mm-hmm. That you kind of see them together finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't last long. He immediately asks if she's married and then creepily winks at her and is like, I own you. Yep. Stay in my penthouse Good forever. Good thing you're not married because I'm about to creep wink. Mm-hmm. And you live with me now. Yeah. And I control your life. And you better not leave because the cops will arrest you if you do. So, see you in three days. <laughs> Ugh. And I think that's where that episode ends. Yeah, uh, she realizes why she keeps getting drawn back into the comic book, which is really neat. Mm. Because he said, she's the key to my life. Oh. She cannot escape the comic book unless he gives up on that. Oh. Which is really cool. Yeah. Just such good writing for this show. Yeah. Love it. And then, yeah, it it ends the episode with that, that music cue. Uh-huh. The same... Three songs that they play over and over again. Yep. Which is probably what the next one starts with, because I think episode four starts with him being stabbed. Mm, yes. Yeah, he's stabbed in the back, and it's a lot. It's gruesome. It's a, like a flashback to his roof moment mm, with the assassin. When she, like she first comes into the comic book to save him, mm-hmm. and it is gruesome. Ugh. The noises it makes. Yes, the noises Ugh. and just the thought of someone stabbing someone in the back. I guess I never thought I had a weak stomach until that scene. Mm-mm. And then I was like, oh, stop. 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 This is like the seventh time you've stabbed him. At least stab him in the front. God. God. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, it's so creepy. That part got to me a little bit. And yeah, he has that that big conversation with second dad. Uh, oh yeah. About how he doesn't understand all these illogical connections. Mm-hmm. So we wrote what's second dad is San Hyun Suk. Yeah, a family friend that just kind of took over being a dad when so cute. Yeah, when King Chol is put in jail, and he's just trying to support him because he knows he didn't murder his family, but he's there for like his whole life. Yeah, that's why he's second dad. Yep. So, yeah, they have that long conversation about logical connections, and Kang Cho is starting to put stuff together. It's just a move-along scene. Yeah, like, kind of a long one. Yeah. Up until the point where we see... Oh, is this the episode where she gets all the clothes? Yeah, I think that's the next scene. Oh. Coming into the penthouse, bringing all these boxes of dresses and shoes. She walks out, and there's, like, a whole 
freaking what? team yeah. of people with just a million boxes of clothing. And me and Raquel, I guess we're just idiots over here <laughs> thinking there was going to be a fashion show. In it for the cheap thrills. Just want to see all of those clothes. Just want to see all the $3,000 dresses up in here. And nothing. No, no freaking fashion show. I mean, show. she puts on one dress that we love. Yeah, it's really pretty, and so are the heels. She always wears these chunky, awesome heels yeah, that, that are so easy to walk in. Yeah. Yeah, no fashion show. That's the next time you see her. Yeah, and I just... That disappointment of not getting to see those clothes is... Is real. Yeah. Because we will never get to see those clothes. No. And because we, watch... we are not rich people. Yep. And I think that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. We don't get to have $3,000 clothes, but could we at least see them, please? On on her? Because she's beautiful. <laughs> she would she would wear them so well. Mm-hmm. So that's the other part. Beautiful. <laughs> so yeah, um, then she meets Sohui. Yeah, for a dinner. For a little dinner date. Yeah. And Sohui is like, oh, sorry, I scheduled this dinner date and a phone call at the same time. Whoops. But no one's suspicious. Even no the bodyguard is. is just like, everything's normal. Sounds reasonable. She- Sohui is bad at planning. <laughs> yeah, she's only the secretary of King Joel's whole company in life, but she can't plan a freaking phone call. Yeah. She always plans dinners and phone calls at the same time. Jeez Louise. Anyways, Yeonju is not suspicious anyways, so she wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Then She's a very trusting person. The bodyguard gets called away for some reason. So she's just alone. And someone recognizes her. One of the waiters recognizes her and is like, oh, you're the witness that King Joel has been looking for. And goes and tells the manager. So she starts to sneak away. And you find out that both the manager and Sohui have told the cops that Yeonju is there. Yep. And is wanted. So she starts running. Yeah, poorly. Poorly. She (laughs) is a bad runner. (laughs) It's so hard to watch. Because you want her to get away. You do. You're Mm -hmm. rooting for her. (laughs) And she's calling King Chol, and he's arranging for her to get away. Like, they're doing everything they can. But she cannot run fast enough. Those floppy arms. And we were (laughs) saying, like, obviously heels are not easy to walk in, let alone run. Right. Take off the heels. I don't know if it would have helped. She's uncoordinated. She cannot run. Literally to save her life. (laughs) (laughs) Literally to save her life, as we found out. Yep. So, so she, she gets caught. Yeah, she gets caught, and then uh, you get you get to see one of the first really in depth interactions between her and Sohui. Mm, and that's a beautiful moment. Yeah, because you kind of, I mean, you kind of expect this almost catty interaction. I guess yeah. I don't know why I was expecting that. You don't that. think Sohui is going to be on her side, right? But she so is. Yeah, she wasn't in it, attempting to like. Make Yeonju miserable. Right. She's just like, I don't know who you are and why you're so close to my CEO, but it's my job to protect him. And if you get your name cleared, we'll totally get you a lawyer and get you out of jail for real, for permanent. We would love to help you. Just give us something we can use. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that's the thing is Yeonju can't. Because she doesn't exist in that world, technically. Right. So so you feel for her, but you're also like, I'm on Sohui's team. I would do the same thing. Yeah, to protect a friend and... Yeah, from this stranger who's just mooching off of him and creeping around him. Yeah, and somehow involved in... 
every bad thing that's been happening. Yeah, like, she's saving him for sure, but also, why do you keep showing up when he's about to be murdered? Yeah. So it's, we're, we like Sohui. Yeah. I'm and, fan. like we said, she shows up to the jail and is like, face to face, here's the situation. I called the cops. Right. But not because I want you in jail, I just don't trust you and you haven't given me a reason to. But woman to woman, I'm going to tell you, not just tell King Chol to let you know or have you find out it was me. and Right, and then just be like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, it's so adult of her Yeah, that it's just a beautiful thing and you realize that Sohui should have gotten King Chol all along. Yeah, <laughs> especially because he seems to at least talk to her like she's a human being, mm-hmm. so... So they should have ended up together, but that's fine. Like, we're rooting for the main team. Yeah, for sure. Because you, you kind of always are. Sort of. Yeah. Not not right now, but later. But later. And then I think that's when you see Kang Chol getting off the plane in his black tux that it looks like he's not wearing a shirt underneath. <laughs> it's so low cut <laughs> that it looks like he's just wearing a blazer. Over his bare chest. (laughs) (laughs) That's so wrong. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) It's so strange because he's so fashionable. Uh Uh-huh. But that shirt is so low. It would be nice to see a a real shirt underneath that blazer. (laughs) All I'm saying is that the bodyguard... I I love him so much and I never Mm. refer to him by name. All I'm saying is that Douyun wears a blazer all the freaking time and makes it look really, really good Mm -hmm. without making it look like he's naked underneath it. Yeah, like, in the bathroom scene, we forgot to mention that Kang Chol wears a blue suit. Oh, yeah. That is one of my favorite things in the world. looks so nice in that suit. It's a beautiful suit. And then the next suit you see him in... Immediately. And he's wearing so rarely... Naked suit. He just changes so quickly, but it feels like the outfits he's in for an extended period of time are the ones we can make fun of the most. Uh-huh. Like, most of the in-between outfits are jean-heavy. Right. He's a jean-and-t-shirt kind of guy yeah. for being a millionaire. <laughs> but he looks good in them. It's fine. But some of those outfits that he throws in, that he wears just for so long. Yeah. Because he goes to the the prison in that outfit. Looking stylish. You know. And that's the typical outfit prison that visit. he travels to the real world in. Looking good. Just keep it on. <laughs> He's going to keep, keep it going. It forever because now he doesn't have clothes. Yep. Oh, it's hilarious. It's the best. I, I mean, I'm definitely grateful because... Gives us something to jab at a little uh-huh. bit. Pettily. Just just petty jabs. Yeah. Uh, which is fine because then the scene gets really sad and he fires Yun So Hui. Yeah. Uh, and, and she's heartbreaking. Shattered. It's so sad. Ugh. And she doesn't really deserve it. And you know he has his reasons because I don't really right. disagree with him either when he's kind of, he says, I need to be able to trust you. And right. I've been wrongly imprisoned on hunches before, too. Right. And you need to understand why I feel this way. Why I feel betrayed. Yeah. And so you totally get why he does it, too. Right. But so it's sad, but you're you're on both of their teams. Yeah. They, you see both their sides really clearly. Yeah, they 
both had their reasons for doing what they did, and it is a hard scene to watch. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this this episode feels like it goes so fast, but I think it's because there's just really long, boring parts. Yeah, and and there's th- those parts where the stress song plays. Oh yeah, for a really long time because he goes and visits Yeonju in prison, mm-hmm. and that's the part where he's like, the, the only way out of here is if you shock me, and the only thing you can say to me that will shock me is who you are and where you came from. Mm-hmm. And she does! Good for yeah. you! She tries really hard not to, though, because she's yeah. trying to protect him, and that's such a strength of character, like, self-sacrificing thing. She's kind of like, right. I'll be here in jail for 10 or 20 years, obviously I don't want that, mm-hmm. but the truth will be unbearable for you. Yeah. It will ruin all of your life. Just your whole existence. Not just ten years. Yeah. So it's really sad and it's a really nice scene. They mm-hmm. play it out really well. The writing's really solid. But it's quite the ping pong match as well, though. Yeah. Tell me. I can't. Just tell me. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> just give me something. I can't give you anything. <laughs> but it's it's good. It's This is one of those shows that I think is definitely the best the first time you watch it. For sure. Because those suspenseful moments you can sit through and patiently wait. feel the suspense as well. You Mm -hmm. don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, when you don't know what's coming, this show is a lot more interesting. Right. Not to say, like, we haven't enjoyed watching it again, because we definitely have. Yeah, it's been awesome. But, and it's a beautifully done, like, just amazing show. It's just that those suspenseful scenes, like we that keep first making scene fun at of the them. Olympics. Yeah. You just, when you know what's going to happen, you just stop caring and you want to get through the scene. Yep, you're hitting that 15 second skip ahead button like it's nothing. Uh-huh. So this is, that's another one of those scenes that you're waiting for her to tell him and you're into it and you're so excited. And you're waiting and you're waiting and it's really, really long. But Will she, won't she? And then she does. She does. Oh. And she disappears, which is all she wanted. But then, obviously, that causes a ruckus in the jail. Yeah, because all of a sudden, a prisoner that was literally in, like, a holding cell area. Gone. And so everyone's panicking, except you just see King Chol, and he's... He seems to be panicking in a different way. Yeah, because he's almost... Like, typical robot King Chol mm-hmm. can't really emote how panicked he is, but you can tell he's pretty... Uh, he's stunned. Yeah. But he also is like Bong Soon when... Or Subang, sorry. When <laughs> Yeonju first tells him about going into the comics, where he's just like, that isn't possible. Yeah, like, you're you're crazy. Just another psycho moment in this psycho girl's life. Where I think... King Cho calls his second dad and says, like, this isn't believable, but it's that logical connection that I've been missing. It's literally the only thing that could explain everything. Yeah. So he gets to it, and then the world freezes, and that's another long scene. So long. Which is hilarious, because they zoom in on all of these frozen people. And it's so cool. It's really well done. But there's like a weird amount of children in the prison cafeteria. (laughs) 
area. Just, you know, where you take your family for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just another family area where you take all, like, all of the kids, and they're happy kids. They're uh-huh. not, they're blowing bubbles. Yeah. Why are they blowing bubbles in the prison cafeteria? If it's someone really cool. has an explanation for that, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear anything. Do they hand them out? Do they give out bubbles in the prison cafeteria? <laughs> Is that why people take their children there? Is it just another one of those weird, quirky, we want to show that the world is frozen and bubbles are the best way to do it? Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then King Chill leaves. He exits the comic world and enters the world as we know it. The dirty soul that <laughs> he never had to live in. <laughs> yep, he always had the exciting, somewhat dark, but quite clean. Quite clean, quite beautiful, very rich soul. <laughs> Comic book soul. And into our soul. <laughs> <laughs> the soul that he seemed to land on a roof that was just covered in trash. <laughs> yeah, and then walked down an alley in the rain, like mm-hmm. a sloppy alley in the rain. <laughs> so yeah. That's that's the first four episodes. It, it's quite the conclusion that they end on. The, it felt right that we end after four episodes for this. Because mm-hmm. him entering the real world is... Because you see Yeonju do it several times in the first few episodes. But also, she's more able to come to terms with the world because she gets to exist. And she gets to disregard its existence existence and her actions in the comic book world. Right, because it's a comic book. Yeah, she can do anything she wants and it doesn't really matter. Whereas his whole life has just been a manipulated story Mm -hmm. that... Especially like, I don't know if he's put it together, but the murder of his parents has been a fabrication and... And it was done to him, not by just a person in the world, but by someone who knew him and created him and then said, you get to be hurt and miserable for years. You get to go to prison for your Mm -hmm. family's murder and you get to experience just all of the devastation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. It's a really solid ending to have him, have him come into the real world and have to start thinking about all this stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we, have really loved W. We've really loved watching it again. Hopefully you guys have started it. And hopefully this has been an enjoyable listen for you. It ended up being a little longer than I thought mm-hmm. we were planning on. And so at the end, I hope you feel like your time was well dedicated, both to W and to our podcast. We love W. Our podcast is, is more of a... We also live King Chul, just to put it out yeah, there. Yeah, we I I am not nice to King Chul, and I don't think that's always necessarily fair. Mm-mm. Uh, but he's a character, so he, it's fine. Yeah, at least he's not a real person, but he was made by a real person. That person that has great writing abilities. Right. This, we love this show. We love everything about it. Yeah. And we hope you do, too. We... We want to hear from you. Yeah, we're going to do another four episodes for our next one episode, number yeah, two. So watch through episode eight. And then please listen to our podcast and let us know a couple of things. We're new to this podcasting thing, but we'd like to know if there's something that we can improve on. Yeah, something that you'd like to hear about that we didn't 
include in the podcast. If you want us to change the format and not just go chronologically. Yeah, uh, please whatever. let us know. We'd, we'd love to keep doing this. We probably will, regardless, because we talk about this stuff anyway. We may as well do it in this podcast format that we love. Yeah. But, but we'd love to make it good for people as well, because this is something that we're doing for other people as well, so that we can start this conversation. Mm -hmm. So please let us know if there's something we can improve on. Thank you, guys. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Or send us a comment or an email. You can reach us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>